Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. So, uh, welcome to church. So, this is, uh, yeah, this is a series. I love Easter. Um, and uh, I think mainly because of hot cross buns. Come on, you know. I love hot cross buns. Uh, we're a bit addicted on our house. Ellie's here this morning. She'll uh, vouch for that. Um, so yeah, I love hot cross buns, but there's loads of new flavors of hot cross buns, isn't there? Have you seen the fl- Marmite flavor hot cross buns? Um, salted caramel hot cross buns? I just want just normal hot cross buns, please. So we've, we've got a bit of addiction going on in the house. So, so uh, me and Ellie got a bit worried yesterday. and We both bought hot cross buns at the same time from different shops because we're a bit worried that we're running low on the stocks. And they were in the shops in January, hot cross buns. We bought some for Lisa in January because we know she likes uh, the hot cross buns. So, but that's not the only reason I like Easter. Um, and I really like this series that we're doing because it's, it's what love does. And so we're looking at Easter stories, and we've heard lots of Easter stories, and I've been in church all my life and heard lots of Easter stories, and this is a great way of looking at the Easter story and and what love is running through that. And it's God's love we see there, and we know it's Jesus, and we know he's on the cross, but God's love runs through this, and we're picking that out from all of these stories around Easter. And, and, I, and I like all the stories around Easter. We, don't, we do know them so well, and we visit them every, every Easter, don't we? But I think something that struck me in preparing for this was, was the, the way that those stories came about. There was an awkwardness to it. There's a, there's a, dr- a drama to it. And you see in Jesus' life, you see his, his, he, the way he is, he changes up towards his death. And, um, and, and it, and it's not, it doesn't always go the way that, we, that the disciples wanted it to go, does it? We saw Lazarus last week, and, that, and Lazarus died, and he was dead for four days. And everybody wanted Jesus to come and heal him from his illness. And then they wanted him to come and um, raise him from the dead. But it took a long time. And you can imagine the frustration in the disciples that, that they, were, they were bothered about that. And why doesn't Jesus just do what we want him to do? And, uh, and um, we see that as well on, the, on, on Palm Sunday when he comes into, into the city. He's, he's not what they wanted him to be. They wanted a big king, triumphal entry. And he's on a on a cult, and, it, and it's awkward, isn't it? And 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 today we're going to be looking at Jesus in the temple, and Jesus walks into the temple, doesn't he? And he trashes all the tables over, and he gets cross about that. And 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 there's an awkwardness there. They must have thought, what's he doing now? That's just nuts. And then on the lead up to his death, you know, we see those things happen, and and that's I see that. You know, we, we, we try to live in this perfect world, don't we? We try to make everything work, and, and it becomes more and more in our society. And, and we, should, we should give space for God to do things. We should, we should give, allow the awkwardness, allow that sort of stuff to happen. And that's something that struck me, and I'm looking forward to, to what the other preachers are going to be as, as we go through it. So the first slide I've got uh, describes what we're looking at today, and that's love removes the obstacles that prevent us from getting to him. So what that means is when we're looking at this story of, of Jesus in the temple, Jesus is removing obstacles in that temple. He, Jesus was on one, wasn't he? 
He obviously walked into the temple and he was upset about it. And you see that come through. And I've got a, a picture there. Uh, we see this sort of artwork, don't we? For years, people have, have looked at this story and, and thought about it. And, and this is an, art, an artist's impression of what he, he thought that Jesus would be doing in the temple. Um, he was upset that there were things in the way of people getting to God. And so he went in there and he, he removed those things. He was fed up with... And you can imagine Jesus had been to the temple a few times and just walked past going... I'm fed up with that. I'm really, really had enough of that. And then today was the day when he went in there and he just got rid of it. And he, and he, and he did that. And we see, we see that passion and, and, and what happened. But there would have been an awkwardness to that. And people would have looked on and go, what is he doing? So let's look at that, that, that scripture. And that's in Matthew 21, 12 to 17. There's also an account of this in John. Um, and we were in the men's breakfast yesterday and we were talking about the great way that the Gospels describe things in different ways. Each disciple um, uh, that wrote the Gospels describes it in a different way. And we see Matthew's account here. But if you've got time this afternoon, look at the John account as well because there's more detail there. And he, he looks at it from a different point of view. So let's just read these few verses from Matthew 21. And we're starting at verse 12. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear that, what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise? And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. And when we, when we look at that, um, we, we see Jesus' passionate in the temple. Um, and he, he's, he's removing things. Dave Aikerman did a series in uh, one of the Logos, and he mentioned, he mentioned this, this story, and that maybe what Jesus was doing was to take away all those, all those things that, that was around the sacrifice, because in a few days' time, because of Jesus' death, there wouldn't be any reason, any need for that sacrifice to happen. Um, and, and that's an interesting detail with this passage. And there's lots of, there's lots of things there, isn't there? There's prophecies. Jesus is, is, is um, recounting stuff uh, there from Isaiah, and Jeremiah, and the Psalms. And when he, talk, when he, when he quotes these scriptures to, to, the, to the Pharisees and the people that are pointing out, what are you doing? We, we, you know, they wanted that commercialism, didn't they? They wanted, they wanted to make money out of, of people doing that. And we see that, don't we? We see those blockages in our way for getting to God. There's lots of stuff around. Um, and I think um, we, when, when we sit here on a Sunday, it's easy to be uh, in, in a place with God. But as soon as we walk out, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm straight on to something else. I'm sat there thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch. I'm thinking about what I've got to do at work next week. And those are the sort of obstacles that start to build up, isn't it? When we're in this environment or whether we're with our brothers and sisters in, in Christ, then, then things are easy. But then as soon as we get outside, we're bombarded with more and more stuff. And slowly it all sort of drizzles away. And we're at the end of the week and we're like, what have I actually achieved for God this week? What have I actually done? Who have I, who 
have I been alongside? And you think, I've just wasted another week and I've not got anywhere. But what we're going to look at this morning is those obstacles and how we can remove those obstacles. Okay. So just put the next slide up, please, Libby. Thank you. So what about love? And I've put that there. Love is a funny thing. And I think love is a funny thing. I was going to put loads of lists on there about all the different types of love and all that sort of thing. But when, for me, love is, a, love is an amazing thing. And God's blessed us with that, hasn't he? God's, God's built that into us. And has for, since Adam, love's been there. And love is like a constant thing that we, that we, that we have. But it's, it, is, it is odd. It is funny that we've got that. It's not an app. Imagine love being an app. And you could look at an app on a phone and say, and these are the things you love today. And this is how much you love them. And, and, and that could be cake or hot cross buns. Yeah. But it could be you, you love this person this much and you love this person. But it, it, and so when we think of love and when, we have, when, when we're in love or when we, when, you know, we love animals, don't we? And we think love animals love us. And we have those sort of relationship with animals. And, 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 and love is... is He's there. There's lots of songs people write about love. And I'm just thinking, Ethan, probably going to start writing down all the quotes that I'm going to, I'm going to start all the songs. But, <laughs> but, but people are, are intrigued by love, aren't they? they, they we've got this inbuilt thing that, that, that is love. Um, and love can go wrong, can't it? We see, we see the, the difficult side of when love breaks down. <laughs> Sorry, Ethan. So, so the... the um, <laughs> um, you know, we, we, we see the other side of love sometimes, and, and that, that can be difficult to, to deal with. I, I, I've been through a divorce process, and you see how can you love someone and then go to, to a, a place where you don't love them anymore. And, and that, that is, is difficult as well to go through that. And so we see it when, when, when that type of thing happens. So this week is a big week for me and for our family. We've got a wedding and, um, and it's my daughter. Uh, we're off to Newark on Friday. That's where she's getting married. And uh, my daughter, Hope, is, uh, is getting married. And um, as father of the bride, I've got a bit of a responsibility. Um, and there's this awful phrase, giving her away. Now, when you have a child, when you have a baby daughter, and you bring them up, and you... You never really think that one day you've got to give them away. And that's like, whoa, that's, that's been a bit difficult for me to deal with. And I'm preparing my speech, and I'm writing down all the, all the things that, that I remember about hope and all the things we've done. And it's not been easy sometimes. Um, but just as she starts turning into a really nice person that I get on really well with, I've got to give her away. <laughs> and that's, that's, a bit, that's a bit difficult. But she's marrying a lovely bloke, and it's going to be really great. Um, and uh, and so, it's going to, so think of me on Friday uh, at 11 o'clock when I'm walking her down the aisle, and then I'll be doing my speech later on as well. But as, I, as I'm thinking about that process and being father of the bride, I, I, can't, I can see God's position as our father. And, and I'm quite relaxed about it. In other situations in weddings, some people are quite stressed so the best man, he's got to make a really funny speech. He's got to cover lots of great stuff. So he's got a bit of, bit of stress, hasn't he, to deliver that proper best man speech. And the bride and the groom, they've got something to prove, haven't they? They've chosen each other. They're walking down the aisle. They've got all their life in front of them. But as the father of the bride, I'm quite relaxed. I've 
kind of done my bit. Do you know what I mean? And I've, I've, I'm, I'm now, I'm going to do a speech, and all I have to say is really nice things about Hope and what a lovely person she is. And so, and that's really easy. And I can, I can go on for hours about that type of thing. But as God, as our Father, that's a little bit like, like Him, isn't it? He, he's done His bit. We can come to him whenever we want. And that's the same with my daughter. She can come to me whenever she, whenever she wants to. And she can ask me. She can talk to me. And so as, as her father, I can do that. Um, and, and she can have that relationship, still have that relationship with her, even though I've given her away. But, but I can see God's love coming through that. And that's the love we see, isn't it, through the, through the crucifixion and the resurrection story. Is God's love for us. Um, that, that guidance, that watching, that, that caring love of a father um, as, as he does that. And so, and so that's a lovely thing about being able to do that on Friday. And maybe you, you understand a little bit about what I mean um, about that. So, so let's have a look at two things that, that kind of come through this, um, this scripture, but also... What, I'm, what I want to try and um, teach you about this morning. So the first thing is we are loved. And there's a confidence there. We should be confident that God loves us. Just like hope is confident that I'm her dad. In that, in that service on Friday, they're not going to stop the service and ask if I am really her dad. You get that, that point in a wedding, don't you? If anybody here knows anything why these two shouldn't get married, there's that point. But no one says... Is, is this really Hope's dad? So there's a confidence, isn't there, in, in the fact that God is our father. He is our dad. And we should be confident. And there's a, there's a, pre, there's a, a scripture there, Romans 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We should be confident. Next tomorrow, when we get up in the morning, we should be confident of God's love. And that should run through everything that we do through the week and, and in our lives. And people should see that. And then we need to love others. And that is essential that we love others. It's difficult sometimes. At the men's breakfast yesterday, we turned up at nine o'clock and... <sighs> <laughs> just looking at Rich there. And they weren't ready. It's cinnamon brow tea rooms, and they, they, they do a lot of stuff over there. But they're not very punctual, and they don't open on time sometimes. And, and as blokes, we're starving hungry, of course. We want our breakfast. And the girl there is like, she got there about 10 minutes late, and she's in a bit of a... <laughs> Rich, Rich, Rich got a bit, Rich got a bit frustrated with it. He was going to get, a, I'm sure he's going to call his lawyer at some point about it. But, but we, we, we were patient with that. We, we got through that. And, 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 and we need to, we need to love people, don't we? And we need to stand out as people that love people because, because we, because we're special and, and God has, God has asked us to do that. And that scripture there, John 15, 12. My command is this, love each other as, he, as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And is that how much you love people, that you would lay down your life for one's friends? We see that in Ukraine, don't we? You know, the people going into war, picking up weapons, and they're, you know, they're, going, and they're going to fight the battle. And, and, you know, I look at that and think, wow, would I do that? 
Would I be able to do that? I, I like my little comfortable life as it is, thanks very much. Would I go and, and lay down my life for that? And that's a challenge, isn't it? So, so those things there, um, we need to love others. Jesus gave us the Great Commission, didn't he? It's, this, is, this is something that we have to do. We need to, we need to be out there preaching the gospel, telling, telling other people about what Jesus has done. And we love Easter, and we love the... the the, the process and we love the resurrection but we need to we need to tell other people about it um, so let's have a look at the next the next slide and and this is about clearing the barriers um, the uh, James Aladrin when we were in um, at Latchford when he was he was speaking about prayer he, he said this quote and it, and it stood out to me if something is important then I will do it and I think that's one of our barriers, is, is, is time and priority. Um, and, and I think that's one of our barriers to God. Uh, and James gave us this scripture, Psalm 27, verse 4. I'm asking God for one thing, only one thing, to live with him in, in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty. I'll study at his feet. Is that our lives? I sat here this morning, yeah, focus on God, focus on Jesus, yeah, but is that really how I run my life? Do I, do I want to live with him in his house my whole life long? I'll contemplate his beauty, I'll study his feet. Is that the only one thing we want? Or do we get distracted and we go off down different avenues and, oh, I'd like that and I'd like this and I'd like that. But that's what, that's what we, need to, we need to focus on. And it's important that we do it. Just to try and explain this i don't want to think about it necessarily as as a christian but as something in your life that's really important to you you make the time to do it so just think about something that that is really important to you that you make time for that you do not not being a christian i know that as a christian we should that should be the thing but but i think as humans probably we we kind of box things up and and some things we love to do that are that are important but actually we do do it for me, it's running. So um, I, I like to run. Do I like to run? I don't know. I think it does me good. And I, I sometimes I get off on my couch and I put my trainers and I go for a run because you know it does me good. Um, there's other runners here. <laughs> um, and, um, and, and we, we know that that does us good. But something in your life that you do, maybe it's the gym. Maybe it's uh, something that you're enthusiastic about. My, my mum loves knitting. So she's in the stage of life now where she, she, uh, she, she's not so active, but she, she loves knitting. And she's knitting jumpers for children in Gambia. Um, and, uh, and so that's what she does. And, uh, and so she loves that. And so she puts her time into doing that. And the, I think there's things in our lives, isn't there, that we, um, that, that we get up and we do something for. So, so with that in mind, um, the, yes, thank you, Libby. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So we, we, we set a goal, don't we, with that thing in mind. So if you're in the gym, you want to achieve, you want to lift a certain weight, you want to be able to run a certain distance, you want to uh, be able to, to, to push whatever you need to push, whatever weight, that type of thing. For me, running, I tried to set a goal. Uh, in June, I want to run a half marathon, so I need to get myself ready for that. Uh, my mum 
when she's knitting, she's, she's been asked to make a pile of jumpers. So <laughs> that's, that's some sort of measurement, I suppose. But she's making a pile of jumpers, and so she's aiming towards that goal. But when we set ourselves a goal, um, and f- as a Christian, what might that goal be? Um, as a Christian in, in this church, there's lots of things that you can set goals for. So uh, we went to Pete Clark's um, session the other day at Orford, and that is leading up to um, the Franklin Graham sessions in Liverpool in May. And uh, in May, the Franklin Graham is going to preach. I think newsboys are there. And me and Dale went to that, and I was sat next to Dale. And, um, and so we're going to go along. And what, what, what you need to do when you go along to the, to the um, Franklin Graham thing is to invite somebody with you. So a, a person that, that you think needs to hear that word, um, and so there's that invitation for someone who isn't a Christian to come along and, and become a Christian. That's what you want to do. And that's a challenge, isn't it? That's a goal that I've, me and Dale have set ourselves to go along there in May and bring somebody to do that. And that's a bit scary. And that's, that's, um, that's something that, um, that I've got to prepare for. And I've got, I, I know who I want to invite at work, um, and, but I know when I invite them, there's going to be a conversation and it's going to be, he's going to look at me and, and, and ask me why I'm asking him along to that thing. And that, that could be a bit of a challenge. But it's great, isn't it? Because um, Dale's doing the same thing. And when I'm, when I'm alongside someone who's doing the same thing, he's texting me just saying, are you still going to go in majors? Are you still going to go? Because there's that, maybe I won't, maybe I'll just dodge it and won't do it. But we need to set ourselves goals and do things. Maybe you want to join one of the ministries. Maybe you want to join the vine. But you don't, you don't feel necessarily if you're in the right place to do that. Maybe you want to take part in, in, um, in, in, in Holy Spirit ministries. Maybe you want to, you know, you really feel that you would like to lay hands on people and, and help people to be healed. Um, maybe uh, you, you, you want to pray for people, but you, you don't necessarily feel you're in the right place. So we need to set ourselves goals, don't we? As human beings, we need to set ourselves goals to achieve things. Um, there's a quote there, love gives itself away. We're talking about love through the Easter story, and love does that, doesn't it? Love does give itself away. But what condition do I need to be in to achieve my goal? Now here's an example. Um, as, as I run, maybe if you want to change the slide, thank you. Um, I don't know if you can see those pictures there. Um, as, as a runner, um, there's things that I need to be able to achieve that half marathon in June. I've got to get myself ready for it. Um, and one of the things there is, is the pace that I run at. So, so to run 13 miles, I need to be achieving those distances up to that point. And I've got a watch that, that, keep, that monitors my heart rate and it monitors the distance that I run, and it feeds back into, um, into my phone, and I can see if I'm getting faster, um, and it can see the distances I'm achieving. Um, there's a, 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 an app called Strava, um, as Bernie knows. Bernie runs 5K every day, um, and she has done for a long time. Se- 750 days, Bernie's run 5K. Every, and, and Strava is an app where it updates that. So I have Strava, and every day I see that Bernie's run 5K every morning, um, and, it, and it's there. So, so with Strava, you can see where you are. You can compare how you're doing, if you're improving, or if you're not. Um, 
And, and it's important, isn't it, to, to have that accountability. Um, so when I say I'm going for a run, I've committed to it. When you say you're going to the gym, you've committed to it. Uh, when you say you're doing something, you've committed to it. And by saying it out loud, you, you're, you're, you're giving other people the chance to actually say, how did you get on? How did you get on with that? And that's that accountability. We need people alongside us who, who are gonna, we're going to be accountable to. So Dale, me and Dale are accountable to each other because we're going to um, Franklin Graham in May. And we're going to do that. And we're going to achieve that. And we're going to invite somebody along. And we're praying that they become a Christian at that event. And that's the sort of thing as a Christian you want to achieve, isn't it? And you, you want to go through that. And this is, um, this is a runner. Uh, called Kipchoge, that's his, his surname, first name, Iliad Kipchoge, in the white there. And he's got some, some guys in front of him there, and they're pacing him to achieve an amazing time at a marathon. And he was trying to get to, to, to achieve a marathon in under two hours. And so he had these pace setters that were running ahead of him to, to, so that he could keep his pace to, to achieve that goal. Um, and that's what pace setters do, isn't it? We see them in the Olympics and that sort of thing. And, and they, they go ahead and they, 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 they do that. My, my brother-in-law's a bit of a runner and he came up last year and we said, right, let's go for a run. And boys being boys, we kind of set off at quite a high pace. And I remember looking at my watch in first K in thinking, this is really fast. So we're either going to have a problem here and need an ambulance or we're going to get a really good time. And as each K went through, we, we, we did a 5K and it was the fastest K I've ever done and definitely the fastest K he'd ever done. We were absolutely exhausted and needed to lie down. But there's that pace setting, isn't it? And, but that's the encouragement. And they reckon that you should, to, to achieve faster times in running, that you do need somebody alongside you to, to push you through and, and to achieve that, those, that pacing. But there's also an interesting thing, and this is heart rate. And my watch monitors my heart rate because sometimes we need to slow down. Sometimes we do need to stop and we do need to rest. And it's important to remember that as we go towards that goal. That as, as somebody alongside you, you do need somebody to say, it's okay to stop, you know, it's okay to calm down, it's okay to slow down. And you, we do need people in our lives that do that. And we should, we should pray for those people in our lives that, they, that, they do, that they're honest with us and that they do tell us to slow down because we can go at something fast and hard and, and sometimes we do need to, to actually just stop. And, 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 and it's okay to do that. Um, and so, so we should have those people in our lives as well. So, so that's what I wanted to talk about this morning. So hopefully there's a, there's a practical element to to what, what I'm saying about, um, about God's love through this story and removing the barriers. Um, removing the barriers is important. We've got barriers in our lives. We're going to go away and think about what those barriers are and, and try to break those down and try to make a plan so that we can achieve the goals that God wants us to do. So as a summary, first of all, you're in a really good church for this. You, you're in a church that there's lots of people around you who you can be accountable to. You're in a church that will challenge you to do things um, and there's lots of opportunities to get involved with things. Uh, and you're also in a church where people look after you and tell you, you can, it's okay to slow down and you can, um, and you can just chill for a while. Um, 
really important thing. Jesus removed the barriers on the cross, and that's great news. Yeah, so the crucifixion, the resurrection, Jesus, Jesus did remove our barriers. We have a way to him, and we, we, we can come to him. But this is a doing word. It is, love is a verb, and we do need to do things. We can't just sit there and say, yeah, Jesus died for me, that's great, and everything's going to be okay. We can't do that. We have to be active. Um, God's got a, a great plan for our lives. God is preparing us for incredible things. Something giving hope away makes me realize how old I am um, and that I've had to deal with that. Um, but I'm amazed that w- that, uh, the things that God has done in my life. When I think back to when I was a teenager, I never thought I would be doing this, stood up here. I didn't think I'd be out looking after rough sleepers on the streets of Warrington. There's, God's done amazing things in my life, and, and I'm amazed at where, where he's brought me, and I know he's going to bring me even... There's even better things out there. Um, so, so we need to be ready for those things. We need to look after ourselves. We need to prepare ourselves for that. And now we don't have to make sacrifices or follow the letter of the law because Jesus has done that for us. He was the sacrifice on the cross. And so, so we, don't, we don't have that anymore. We don't have to, to, to worry about that. There's forgiveness, there's repentance. But we still do need to do love and we need to be love. Um, uh, so what goals are we going to set? Um, you know, spend some time thinking about what goals you want to achieve and how you're going to get there. How are you going to break down the barriers of doing that? Um, maybe, uh, maybe you want to talk to someone else about that and, and, uh, and go through what that is. But we should be dynamic in that. We want to break those barriers. We want to, we want to push through that. Uh, and who are you accountable to? Make sure you get someone alongside you uh, to to talk about these things. Somebody who can look after you, a, a, maybe a more experienced Christian, somebody who can, um, who can get alongside you. But it's important that we have somebody like that who's going to tell you the truth about, uh, about what you're doing, um, but that's going to look after you. And, t- and those times when, when your heart rate's going too high, say, right, okay, calm down, slow down, have a day off, um, but do that. So let's pray, because we need God to help us with this. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. Thank you that we can meet together. Thank you that we can have fellowship. Thank you that we can worship you. Father, thank you for this story in the Bible. Thank you that you went into the temple and you took all those barriers out of the way. Thank you for your passion, Lord, and thank you for your love. We pray as we think about what those barriers are in our lives, that we would focus on you and we would ask you to show us what they are. And we need help with that. We need you to help us remove those barriers, Lord. And just pray that you would show us what that is. Show us those people around us. Give us the courage to speak to those people and to say, would would you be my uh, partner? Would you, can I be accountable to you? Can I... Can I ask you um, if, everything's, if everything's okay? Show us who those people are, Lord, and, 
and put those people in our lives. Thank you for those people who are already in our lives. Maybe we need to rekindle that relationship and maybe we just need to text somebody and say, I really appreciate everything that you're doing and, and, uh, and, and, I, need, and I need you again. Just thank you, Lord, for the people you put around us. We thank you for this church and, and everything that, that happens in it. And the, um, we look forward to the future and what you're going to do, Father, in this church, but also in our lives. And we pray now as we, uh, as we go from here that these words would be printed on our hearts and that we would follow this through and we would remember these things and do something about it. Thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.